0: So we're going to continue our our study. So if you'd bow your heads and hearts with me. Our Heavenly Father, again, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for Christ. He has. He is and will do all things well. Thank you for uh, this time. Thank you for the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. And thank you for everything that has led up to this point. Father, uh, again, give me wisdom uh, to do what I'm supposed to do. No more, no less. and that uh, the hearts will be open, the minds will be open to receive what the Holy Spirit has given me. I love you, Father. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ, we ask it all. Amen. Amen. We are continuing our systematic study of Paul's letter to the Romans. Today we want to begin at the 31st verse of the 8th chapter where we read, What then shall we say in response to these things? God is for us. Who can be against us? How many times have we read that, and uh, just, just uh, it's pretty obvious that Paul is uh, providing a summary of sorts. But it begs the question: What is he summarizing? Um, what are these things? What are these things? Is it a response to what uh, most immediately proceeds? That in all things, God works for our good? Or maybe he's just referring to the intercession of the Holy Spirit when we pray. Hmm. Maybe you've never thought about it. You just just read the verse. Maybe Paul is referring back to the beginning of the eighth chapter when he writes, that there is now no condemnation to those in Christ. I'll share this with you. The weight of the theological thought is that this is a summary that takes us all the way back to Romans 1.1. That at this point, Paul is putting a period on a very long sentence. There are no chapters in, in, in 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 the original text there are no chapters or no verses breaks this is that's an artifice that's something that has been applied to help us uh, in our referencing uh, we've covered a lot of ground and I did this uh, a few weeks ago and so I'll do it again um, just a brief trip down memory lane uh, it's gonna have to suffice for I'm not ashamed of the gospel For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Romans 1.16 None is righteous. No, not one. Romans 3.10 But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Romans 3.21 All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. That's Romans 5, 8, and 9. Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, Romans 5, 12. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Romans 6, 1 and 2. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. That's Romans six thirteen. For the wages of sin is Death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's Romans 6, 23. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 7, 24 through 25. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 1 and Romans eight twenty-eight. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? The next question I would ask, it's just kind of the person I am, is who is us? Who is us? It's more than those that believe in God, because scripture already lets us know the devils have checked that box. So, who is us? said before, i say now. Too many of us inappropriately or misappropriate scripture and apply it to their lives. And that's a huge mistake. Uh, it would be like me taking medicine prescribed to uh, Sister Meeks and thinking that the effect of that medicine will work out the same way in my body as it did for her. The person who prescribed the medicine knew her and prescribed medicine for her. Now, I'd I'd really be silly if I uh, then took that medicine and hoped that, well, it worked for her, so it's got to work for me, right? Well, wonderfully, thankfully, Paul provides uh, insight concerning the the us, the us, the us. Uh, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? So clearly the us Paul is writing about are those that have understood, believed, and accepted the sacrificial, substitutionary, complete work of Christ. His son, my savior, our savior, who is the Christ. Have you ever, I don't want to put this. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a, a really big favor, a really big gift from somebody? I'm not just talking about somebody opened the door for you. You know, it's like, I mean, that's, the, I mean, I guess that's big if your arms are full of groceries. Uh, but uh, a really big favor Maybe somebody co-signed on a loan for you that you wouldn't otherwise qualify for. I, I know, you guys, you guys get great credit, and you're just, just wonderful. You've always been ballers, and it's just like, it just like uh, I need a car. Uh, they ain't going to give me a car. <laughs> well, somebody help me. Uh, how about you're applying for a job? and you need that character reference. And you know, you just know that if that person, if I don't get that right character reference, there's no way I'm gonna get that job. Um, how'd it make you feel? How did, I mean, seriously, how did it make you feel? did it transform I'm I'm guessing if it was really big it would it would frame the relationship you would have for that person then and for a long time maybe forever I there if you think about it there's probably people in your life it's like boy I'll never forget what that person did for me that's I, I owe them there's no way I can repay that debt uh I've never served in the military. Never served in the military. Uh, but I imagine it's, it's a similar type feeling that those that have served in the military where your, your very life is on the line, that you are in relationship with other folks that you are depending on for your survival, that that relational connection it's like uh, it's, it's like, you know, what's it? well I mean, and I'll probably butcher it, but it's like simplify. never die. I'm there for you, brother. I'm there for you sister. Whenever you need, I'm, I, I am there. It was what? It was life altering because lives were changed. Lives were at risk. Lives could have been lost. In this very verse, we can see a nexus and consequence of a relationship between God's son and those who, uh, as Peter uh, describes, have moved from darkness into the marvelous light. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all Things. I don't want to go down this, 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 I don't want to extend this metaphor too far, but the, 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 the idea, the, the metaphor of light is appropriate and it's very easy to determine uh, where one is. Light is light and darkness is darkness. I know that's incredibly profound, uh, but we cannot proclaim we at least honestly we can't, we cannot proclaim to be transformed if our actions uh, have that gravitational pull towards darkness. We cannot. You can say, oh, I'm in the light. I'm of the light. I, I, I walk in the light. But your gravitational pull is to darkness. But those that are his, really his, Those that are his, really his, in the light, have the relational benefits associated with a father that gave his son. So it only stands to reason that if the father sacrificed his one and only son for me, for us, how will he not give us all things? That's why Paul can boldly say... If God is for us, who can be against us? As I often share, if we we can get past Genesis 1-1, I know, that was easy in the beginning. If we can get past Genesis 1-1, embrace that, believe that, incorporate that into our being, everything else is easy. And I'm as serious as a heart attack. Uh, The problem is that most, well maybe many, uh, maybe most don't. We don't think about that. We don't think about that God, ex-Nilo spoke things into existence. We just go around with life And it just, it just kind of is And that's why we ebb and flow With the things of life Sometimes you feel like a nut Sometimes you don't Sometimes life is good Sometimes it sucks And it's just like And we're up and down Up and down This is good This is bad Oh, just And Where are we? Where, where are we? Paul is not saying That we won't suffer opposition Look The righteous will suffer persecution the righteous will so that's not what he's saying Uh, you know again in the military if you're engaged in a battle bullets fly past your head sometimes you get hit sometimes you you get hit mortally and it's and it becomes fatal what he is saying that it is ridiculous it is absurd it is not even worth wasting the time contemplating the absolute certainty of victory on team God if God is for us who can be against us if we're on the Lord's side it doesn't matter who's lined up against us if 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 did I say if if we're on the Lord's side. If God is for us, and he is, who can be against us? So pretty much the rest of the chapter is just a deeper dive into just these points. So verse 33, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, Who was was raised to life is at the right hand of God, completed work, and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written? For your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So again, this should make it perfectly clear that our relationship with Christ is not a shield against persecution. We will be persecuted. Uh, In fact, if we aren't incurring persecution, we, we might want to consider what's going on in our lives. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, a heart If If hell isn't breaking loose, it seems like on every front, and it's like, so everything's good? Yeah. No problems? No. Now, the, the thing, though, we have to keep in mind, separate those self-inflicted wounds when you're walking around with a loaded gun and you shoot yourself in the foot. Oh, Lord, I, uh, more. I got shot in the foot. What happened? I, uh, I just, it went off. Uh, that's you. That's, that. that's you. You did that. You know, you did that. Uh, there's a difference between persecution and the consequence of my sinful decision. So Paul, quoting the 42nd, 44th Psalm, he reminds us that while we will be persecuted, he adds... This is what Paul adds: We are more than conquerors. How? Through, by, under the authority and power of the One that loved. Not note, not loves, but loved us. Completed work, uh, pointing back to the cross. For your sake, for your sake, for your sake. As a result of our relationship, for your glory and for our edification, we face death all day long I like how the common English Bible translates uh, Psalm 44 and 22 God it's because of you that we are getting killed every day it's because of you that we are considered sheep ready for slaughter I keep hearing Wendy Williams how you doing how's this looking for you See, see in, in, in a time and a culture when what's being pimped and, and, and put forward uh, as gospel, it's like, well, see, see, what the gospel will do is make your life, it, it's, just, it's just so wonderful. And the kids just, mommy, what can I do for you? Daddy, can I take out the trash? The doctors say, you got a clean bill of health. The job there your supervisor says, you don't have to show up. Let me give you overtime. You don't even have to work it. Yeah. I'll ask the question I asked two weeks ago. Do you love God? Do you love God? I mean, really, do you love God? Not what he does. Do you love him? That's, 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 that's a real, see, because his sheep, those that love him, listen to his voice, he knows them, and they obey. It's a seamless thing, it's, it's like, oh, okay, well, uh, you know, he breaks off a few things for me, he does this, he does, it's like, look, that's Santa Claus, you know, and as I've shared before, it was about age five, six, I knew that, what a, what a lie, I just, I felt like, Sally and the Great Pumpkin. It's like, what a fool I was. What a fool I was. Been, I've been believing in a Santa Claus. Ain't no Santa Claus. We need to come to a similar recognition with what has been perpetrated as the gospel and step away from that. It's like, no, no, that's not the gospel. That's, that is not the gospel. His sheep listen to his voice. He knows them, and they obey. I'm just about done. Paul concludes this part of his letter with another often quoted uh, portion of scripture. We quote it a lot, tons, from convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, in the same 10th chapter of the Gospel of John, where Jesus speaks of his relationship with his sheep, we read, my father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them from my father's hand. I and the father are one. So Paul is writing with... uh, personal experience. How do I know that? Because he says it right up front. I am convinced. I am convinced. I've seen it, you know, as the commercial goes. I know a thing or two. Because I've seen a thing or two. I've lived it. I know it. I've experienced it. I have proof. Uh, We can be slam dunk guaranteed. We will never be separated from the love of God. Never. Even when we get into those situations, when we cry out and say, God, how long will the wicked prosper? How long will they it just, it just see the love of God is there? Even in those times when I don't feel it, it's be, that's not wonderfully, thankfully, it's not predicated on my feeling. I can never be separated from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Never, 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 never. Uh, We are never separated. So again, to be able to claim this, to be able to appropriate this and apply it to our lives. The question is, the question is, the question is, do you love God? He's your buddy. Yeah, he's my Jesus is my pal. Yeah. Do you love him? If you love him than everything Paul just talked about. It's yours, it's yours. Conversely, if you don't, you can quote the scripture, but you'll find out sooner rather than later, this ain't working. It's because I'm taking a prescription that was intended for somebody else. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, Again, we want to say thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for the clear understanding, Father, that what it means to be in right relationship with you. Father, thank you for, uh, again, the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Father, we so love you. And we thank you for all that you continue to do for, through, and with us. Father, we know for a fact it's in you we live, we move, and we have our being. Thank you, Father.